Welcome to the Cone Zone. I'm Grant Cone. That's Lowell Cone. And the title of today's show is What the Hell Does Peter King Know About the 49ers? We're going to get there. We're going to take our time. Um, the Niners do have a game coming up this weekend in Chicago. I'm going. It's a big game. We should start there. Dad, good to see you. <laughs> nice to see you, son. Here's the thing. I tweeted out this morning that we were going to talk about the game, but I called it the Browns game. Oh! So that's a, that's a screw-up. And here's the thing. I, I want to say, I actually do know they're playing the Bears because Iggy's going to the game, and I know where my son goes. But these days, I got a lot, I got a lot on my mind, as does Grant. And I, I, I'm in this grief therapy because my wife died. And the therapist, who's a wonderful person, she told me that um, I'm going to make mistakes. My mind is so preoccupied with the loss and grieving that um, I'm going to do things like call the Bears game, the Browns game. I'm driving on the freeway. I get off at the wrong exit. I'm at places I know, but I forget. You do that. Well, you I do that all the time. Yeah. You're like, mom, you're just so preoccupied. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I'm, I'm in places, streets I know and I forget that I know it and things like that. So anyway, I apologize for calling it the Browns game, but I actually know it's the Bears game. So Iggy, yeah. let me just start with this and say, I feel really confident to say the Niners are going to kick the crap out of the Bears. Do you agree with that statement? I guess I'm not sure they're going to kick the crap out of the Bears, but they're going to win. They're six and a half point favorites. If they win, they're going to win by a touchdown. They're going to win by a touchdown at least. They're going to control yeah, the game. They're six yeah. and a half point favorites in the other guy's field. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm looking. Uh, last year they played in Chicago. Garoppolo started that game. Elijah Mitchell was the running back. He averaged 7.6 yards per carry. And that was with J Jimmy Garoppolo on the field. So, like, forget about the quarterback. Can the Bears even stop the Niners running back? I'm not sure they can. And if they can't, they lose. Right. If if you can run on a team, yeah, everything else opens up to you. Everything. And, we, and we've seen with the Niners, if you can't stop their run game, they win. Yeah. Every time. They, they uh, control the pace of the game. Yes. They control the time of the game. Mm -hmm. They rest their defense a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, those are big deals. I, yeah. I And this is the first game for their new coach, right? The first NFL yes. head coaching. I think Kyle Shanahan's going to tie this guy up in knots. Now, to be fair, this guy's name is Matt Eberflus. He was the defensive coordinator last year at the uh, Colts. Niners played the Colts and lost 30-18 at home. So he did a good job against Kyle Shanahan last year as a coordinator. Now there's a different uh, quarterback he has to go against, and he's a head coach. It's his first game. That's tough. for, for uh, Kyle Shanahan should be able to take advantage. Um, you know, we could do uh, scenarios like, what if the Niners lose? What would that mean? I don't want to do it because the Niners aren't going to lose. They're not going to lose. They're not going to lose. They're going to win this game. Yeah, why waste time thinking about scenarios that probably won't happen? Yeah, and it, yeah. it would make us seem negative before they even play a game. Yeah. Iggy, they're going to win this game. They're going to go to Chicago. They're going to kick the crap out of the Bears. They're going to take yeah. care of business, and then they're going to fly home. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Their defense, the Niners' defense is going to play really, really well. Justin Fields is going to get sacked a lot of times. The Bears' offense isn't going to do anything. The Niners' offense might start kind of slow, but their run game essentially is going to work. They're going to run for a lot of yards and win the game. 
Maybe they'll kick field goals. Maybe they'll score touchdowns. It ultimately won't matter. And what will happen is their running game, the Niners, will be so good. Then they they can use Trey Lance, first of all, to run. Yes. Um, This is a whole new thing. Right. And second of all, to do all kind of play action passes. Kyle is very clever about things like this. I I figure Trey Lance will throw 15 to 20 passes in the game, if that. Yes. But when he does, it'll be safe, but very productive passes. Yeah, what's interesting, a safe pass is a deep pass. So I think we're going to see a lot of deep throws from him. So, for example, on third and on third and three, they're going to have to have someone spying Trey Lance so he doesn't scramble. So that could be a safety that they bring down. If on third and three there's only one safety deep, I think you're going to see Kyle Shanahan call deep shots. And maybe they're low percentage throws, but it's open. He can throw it. Uh, and if he hits one, two every game, those are game changers. And, you know, um, he, I understand what you mean those are safe throws because he's better at those than the Jimmy over the middle throws. Yeah, if you miss it, you usually miss it out of bounds or you you, you overthrow yeah. it. It's not like you're throwing the ball over the middle with linebackers in the way and safeties over. Those are really hard throws. Kyle shouldn't be calling any of those throws for Trey Lance early on. There's no reason to. You're going to win with running and defense and throwing deep. So why even force the ball into traffic? You know what that is? That's old Raider football. Yeah, absolutely. Iggy, it's Raider football. Take it's old school football. The, the Niners are essentially like a 1970s team. They <laughs> want to run it. the ball as much as possible, and when they throw, they're going to throw long. It's not exactly Bill Walsh ball control stuff. No, it's, it's, it's Al Davis. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of screens. There's going to be a lot of West Coast stuff, but really much more down the field because if you wanted to throw short all the time, that's what the backup does. That's right. Right. So, look, the way I look think of it is – uh, if you remember 10 years ago, the Seahawks, they had a, a good, not great team with Marshawn Lynch, and they brought in Russell Wilson. He didn't throw a lot, but he the threat of him running made Marshawn better. And when he did throw, it was often de- deep down the field, and he would hit a few and win. Yeah, because he has a great arm, and he, he does in plays. Absolutely. As I uh, said before, I love to watch Russell Wilson work. One of my favorite quarterbacks to ever watch. I've seen him in person him. so many times. Magical. Yeah. I don't know if Trey Lance will be that good, but – We'll see. Again, Let me ask you a question, Iggy. The Bears' defense, I don't know, Jack, about it. Is it a good defense? They had Khalil Mack and traded him to the Chargers. They have a pass rusher named Robert Quinn who had 18 sacks last year. So the Niners have to have an answer for him. Other than that, they have a good middle linebacker named Roquan Smith. That's about it. They're a new coach starting over, uh, basically rebuilding. So the Niners should win this freaking game. And – Talk to me about their quarterback, um, Justin Fields. Fields. Um, yeah. What is his skill set? What? How do you rate him? I like him. He's like, compare him to Trey. He's a year older than Trey. He's more experienced. He's more accurate. He's faster. He's quicker. He's probably a better athlete than Trey. Huh. Um, but and he can run. I, he ran for 100 yards against the Niners last year. He had a rushing touchdown. He can make really, really, really exciting plays, but he'll run into sacks. You know, Trey Lance wants to play the position the right way. He'll be in the pocket. He'll step up. He'll he'll do stuff like that. Justin Fields does stuff they did in college. He'll run backwards. Right. He'll run in circles. He thinks he's faster than everyone, and a lot of times he gets sacked a lot. Trey Lance is actually avoids sacks. So I think Trey Lance is probably a better quarterback, but Fields is a better athlete with no help. His team sucks because he's on the Bears, and the Bears have – I don't know. They had Sid Luckman, and then they forgot about offensive football for the last 60, 50 years. 
That's his fault. Sorry. Sorry, Justin. They, I, I think Dante Pettis might start for them or be their number three receiver. So, yeah, the Niners have to win. So, I got it. If if you have Dante Pettis, that's already almost crying uncle. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's 2022. Don't you know that the wide receiver position is kind of important? You're just signing street free agents now. Like, what's going on? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Look, poor uh, Pettis. I'm sure, yeah, I think he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He had an older cousin, Austin Pettis, who was also a wide receiver in the league with the Rams, who had pretty much the same career, about four yards, same amount of catches. So he might be the better Pettis. And then his dad, Gary Pettis, uh, really good center fielder for the Angels in the 80s. Yeah. From Oakland. Casamont. Casamont? Casamont. Pretty sure. Interesting. Ryan Hensley says two goats, one show. Oh, thanks, Ryan. Will Clark uh, recently followed, fo- followed Ryan on Twitter, and then I looked, and he was following me too. Will Clark. He, I like yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I have many uh, former athletes that I covered who are among my favorites. Boy, is Will Clark under my favorite. What a great guy. And what a hell of a ball player. Yeah, he posted a video on his Twitter a couple of weeks ago of him hitting off a tee. It was mesmerizing. That swing is mesmerizing. And he's in his, what, 50s? Older? Yeah. Maybe older. His yeah. swing is still mesmerizing. Oh, him and Ken Griffey Jr. have my my two favorite swings of all time. I know Barry Bonds is the greatest hitter, uh, but Bonds always had a very, like, tight, um, compact, choked up. There was something very free and easy about Will and Griffey's swing. I yeah. don't know. Sean Heaney says, hey, Grant, Colin Coward practically apologized for reporting the Matthew Stafford arm fatigue, saying it was a non-story. Roll my eyes. What about Trey? Yeah, really. Uh, from what I heard, it's not a non-story with Stafford. Um, they were managing it last year from what I heard. And I have sources. So okay, why enough. Would about- this, why would uh, Cowherd uh, apologize? I don't know. I don't know. Who's and this guy's people? point is, like, what, what about all this stuff you said about Trey and his arm? Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. But if, if he had good sources, why would he be apologizing? Good I point. don't understand. Good point. Are you making – yeah, good point. Who, who That's a trying, good question. Who are you trying to apologize to? Right. Okay. Oh I don't I don't understand that. Me neither. Now let's talk about another national reporter. Peter King recently predicted that the 49ers will bench Trey Lance by week seven and that Jimmy will be the starter uh, for their third home game against Kansas City. What is okay. your reaction? Let me go slow on this because uh, I, I vaguely know Peter. Uh, I knew him when he was at Sports. He's not at Sports Illustrated anymore, right, Iggy? No, he's not. He's at NBC. Okay. He's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He used to um, sometimes be around the Niners because I think he has a child who lives in the Bay Area. Oh. Um, having said that, he makes a prediction that Jimmy will be the quarterback after the seventh game. Mm-hmm. Based on what? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, this is, I guess, a journalism thing. Iggy, um, you go to practice every single day. Yeah. How many practices was Peter King at? One. He was at one. One. How many practices approximately, including, you know, OTAs and all that were there? Oh, uh, 26, 27. So he sampled 30. 126, yep. 127th of the action. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in all honesty, if I had sampled that small a proportion, I would be very reluctant to make such a bold prediction. Um, so... And, you know, I noticed there's a lot of others. I don't much watch this stuff, but I, I, I sometimes see it on YouTube, what the headlines are, that Steve Smith and um, that Cowherd, they, they talk a lot about the Niners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Have they been at any practices? Either no. of those that Steve Smith no. guy or no. Stephen C. Smith or A. Smith or no. ABC Smith? Okay. No. no. So what? So we you came up with a beautiful term for it this morning. I said, before we went on the air, I said, where do they get their ideas from? And what did you say? They just had an epiphany. They were sitting around in their living room drinking coffee and it came to them. And as if God spoke it to them himself, herself, and that's why they're the best analysts in the world. Not because they do more work. It's just they get they have a direct line to God who, who tells them what it is. So we now it's a new kind of journalism that I never practiced and Iggy doesn't practice called epiphany journalism. And yes. there are these really famous epiphany journalists. And again, um, the ones I named are very good and they have tremendous followings and I respect them. But I wonder in this case, if you're not around the 49ers, I'm coming back to King. How do you how do you even say that? Because here's the thing. I know more about the Niners than he does, and I don't even know that much. But I have no idea what's going to happen after seven games. Yeah, My gut feeling tells me that Trey Lance is going to be a good enough quarterback, and this is his team. Yeah. Um, for me to go and say he's out after seven games, they haven't even played one game. Iggy, do you think he's out after seven games? No. And it's like he shouldn't be saying this at all. I don't think he's going to be out at all, barring injury. But to, to give a – an, an arbitrary number as well. Seven games. Why seven? Why not right. six? It's, it just makes it even more ridiculous. And what it is, it's not a prediction. It's a proclamation. Yeah. It's like yeah. a proclamation. Like from on high, Zeus said. And again, Peter King, as far as I know, is a, a really good reporter. I don't know where he got this from. It's seven games, then the guy's out. So many f factors like the offensive line, like how the defense plays. Yeah, I, I, I'm not bright enough to envision all of that over seven games. What were you going to say, Iggy? Well, I was going to say is, okay, so he's it was at one practice. This is how he feels. People that were at all the practices, no one else has come out and said something like this. So what does he know that we don't know? What does he see? What makes him different? Why does he feel this way? Look, perhaps the one practice he came to, Trey had a bad day. And he's basing it all off that. I have no idea. He had some good days and some bad days. I do know, though, that what Peter King did is he went to every training camp once, okay? And it's Peter King, so he's trying to flex his access. So what he did was he had a one-on-one -on -one with the quarterback of every team he went to. He had a one-on-one -on -one with Josh Allen, Justin Fields. And they gave him his time. They shook his hand. And they was, oh, Peter King, right? Like, basically, paid, paid respect. You know who didn't do an interview with Peter King? Trey Lance didn't feel comfortable. Just wants to do, just wants to play. Doesn't want to do the talking right now. Maybe Peter King didn't appreciate it. And all of a sudden he's predicting he's going to be benched by week seven. I don't know, but it's very interesting. It's like, how could you have such a strong opinion about someone you literally saw practice one time and you've seen play two games. It doesn't make any sense. Iggy. So Trey didn't refuse to speak to Peter. One-on-one. -on -one, I guess he said, as, as far as I know, Trey said, no. And there's no one-on-one -on -one of Trey and Peter King on the internet. And he's and Peter King had to explain why he didn't get the interview. And he said, Trey's just wants to focus on football. Maybe he felt snubbed. Wow. Yeah. I'm Peter King. Who are you? <laughs> it's like, I used to be Lowell Cone. <laughs> yeah. You might not like that, but look, look, all I'm trying to say is why, why is Peter King going out in a limb on something he knows nothing about? Yeah. Well, that could be one thing. 
I would say another thing that, that this is very interesting about, and that is Steve Smith and Cowherd and King. They're all talking about the Niners. Yep. The Niners are a big topic, Iggy. That's yep. what we're learning, that even people who really are not in a position to talk about them, talk about them because they can get clicks or views or whatever, that the Niners are a very big topic in football right now. Yes, they're as big as, you know, Dallas or yeah. it might not be the biggest topic, but not just the Niners, Trey Lance. Trey Ooh. Lance, because everyone knows the Niners are a, are a really, really good team. They almost won a Super Bowl with a mediocre quarterback in Jimmy. Everyone knows if Trey Lance is better than Jimmy, the Niners could win the Super Bowl this year. But no one knows what Trey's going to be. They've seen two games, some preseason. I mean, whoever, the uh, Matt Eberflus, who's preparing for Trey Lance, probably has no freaking clue what the offense is going to look like. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's not only that the Niners are a big topic. This kid is um, it's like the biggest news in football. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's what everyone's – so what's Trey, is Trey good? What's the offense going to look like? Is Trey good? Is he bad? Is he – why, why, why don't we know? It's just – it's a huge mystery, and everyone's so, going to be talking about him all year. And if, if someone wants to say, Trey's going to fail, everyone's like, well, why do you say that? What do you know? What do you know? I don't know anything. Do you – like – uh, actually, I don't know anything. I just wanted to so say Peter something. King, yeah. God love him, is engaging in the biggest topic in football right now. And from my point of view, all power to Peter. I just think he maybe should have gone a little more to the uh, practices. And I'll tell you something else. He may have talked to certain beat reporters. We have no idea. But Iggy, he didn't talk to you. No. And as far as mechanics go, there are... Maddie Mayoko really is keyed into that franchise and he gets a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of mechanics, what Trey Lance does well and doesn't do well, you've actually put up videos. Yeah. You know more about his mechanics than anyone around that team who's not a coach. And yeah. Peter King probably should have called you. I would think so. I mean, if he wanted to be more than a, if he wanted to be more than an epiphany journalist, he could have called someone. I'm not hard to get in touch with. No, I, I talk to you all the time. In fact, I'm going to have dinner with you tonight. That's right. We're going to have a nice time. We're going to have a nice anyway, time. Anyway, I, there were a lot. I guess this really bothered me. I, I don't like to police other uh, journalists. But when you start talking about the team that I cover and you don't even show up and you start talking like you know more, that bothers me. Would you? Well, because you have better epiphanies. You have, you, you, you have people you can text. Well, okay. I actually saw it. People are telling you things. What do they know? What's their What are their uh, motivations? Why, why do you trust their word? Why don't you come and see for yourself if you're that curious? That's what bothers me a little bit. It would bother me as well. And, and even if you like can't go, call me. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I want to tell you something else. Yeah. Uh, I said on, on a, my unfortunate tweet this morning where I got so many things wrong, they're going to play the Browns, that we weren't going to talk about Jimmy but here's a, a, a very interesting thing about having re-signed Jimmy mm -hmm. is that the Niners, I think, just went from a team that you'd think could make the playoffs to a team that can go all the way to the Super Bowl yeah. because if the kid gets hurt, they have a really good backup. They have another starting quarterback. Who's yeah, he's won, like, he's, he's won practically 70% of his starts. Yeah. So if Trey Lance misses a month or two or three, the Niners can still get to the playoffs. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think they, as, as a phenomenon, the Niners, 
just became more dangerous in the league because of the one-two quarterbacks. Absolutely. And again, everyone's focused on passing. It's all about passing. But a lot of teams have won Super Bowls running the ball, like the greatest team of all time, the 1972 Dolphins. I wasn't uh, alive for that, but it, it intrigues me that that team is the only team that's ever been undefeated. And there are some parallels. Bob Greasy's the dad of Brian Greasy. But what I didn't know about that team is that Bob Greasy got hurt week five, broke his ankle. And is it Earl Morale, Earl Morrill? You're so, it's so cute. Earl Morrill. Earl Morrill. Okay, so he comes in and he is the quarterback the rest of the year. Essentially keeps handing off to Larry Zonka and Mercury Morris and keeps the team afloat. Greasy comes back in the championship game. In the Super Bowl, he throws 11 passes, completes eight, they win. It's like... It can be done. This is the Niners' formula. You could do it running the ball if you're the best running team. That 72 Dolphins team was one of the best running teams of all time. The, the team last year, the Niners, was not one of the best running teams of all time. If, if Trey can make the whole thing better, watch out. Could I talk a little bit about the Dolphins? Yes. Um, that was Don Shula was the great coach. Yes. Uh, okay, here's the thing. You know how this, this a few weeks ago, the Niners had two practices with, mini, with the Minnesota and mm -hmm. then they played him a game. Mm -hmm. Well, during when Bill Walsh was the coach, they had the same arrangement one year with Miami. And okay. it was two practices with the Dolphins and a game. In, in Florida? I, it may have been in London. Uh, Iggy, I didn't wow. do my homework on this. It may okay. have been in London. Okay. But I know a, a coach on the Niners team. So what they would have to do in the morning before they would have the dual practices was the both coaching staffs would have to sit together to get a program. You know, we'll do one-on-one -on -one drills. We'll do this. We'll do that. So th there wouldn't be chaos on the field. Right. So they have orderly. Right. Shula would always take the seat at the head of the table. And Bill, <laughs> Bill um, would, you know, very politely sit on the side of the table like an assistant coach. And Shula would make up we're going to do this. And in the second hour, we'll do this. He was just, yeah. he just didn't no know, conversation, no conversation. Yeah. No. He actually was bossing Bill around. And from the coach, I heard it's like, it really pissed off Bill. All you because know. Chula had that one undefeated season. That, that, that's him apart from everyone else. Permanent personality. I don't know when this happened. Okay. I don't know when this happened, but he had a very dominant personality and Bill did not like face-to-face -face mm -hmm. confrontations. It was no. I knew it. I knew it. So Bill would sit there pissed. Okay. But then when they did meet in the Super Bowl at Stanford, the Niners kicked their ass. I guess that's how we got back. It's at, what Shula did sounds like what something Al Davis would have done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then there's a, a coda to that story. When Bill came back to Stanford, this, this came back the second time, yeah. He must have said something that really aggravated Shula. Now, remember, they knew each other very well. And when Bill died, Shula came to the to the ceremony at the, at Stanford. So um, Shula wrote a letter that was before the Internet, a letter to Bill and was skating. And he used I think he used four letter words and all kind of stuff. And Bill, you know, he, he was nervous. And he, I was up there all the time because I was writing a book about it. And I had they gave me a little tiny office space. So he came, his hands were shaking, and he said, look what Shula wrote. I'm so upset, that, you know, all of that. So I said, B Bill, I think, he says, I'm going to send him a case. I said, I don't think that's, that's going to do it, Bill. I said, I think you need to write him a letter. 
Yeah. And you need to, like a gentleman, apologize and say, you know, maybe there was a misunderstanding. Let's get past this. Yeah. He said, could you write it? <laughs> did you do it? I did. Oh, I, wow. You, you, you wrote a letter pretending to be Bill Walsh, addressed to Don Shula and saved the friendship. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Then, you know, Bill years read ago? It. I mean, Bill read the letter. It, he approved it. I, can't say he I was it. pretending to be Bill. I was like his secretary, you know? You were his ghostwriter. I was his ghostwriter. Yeah. Ghost so he that's read it. He goes, story. that's really good. That's really good, Lowell. Uh, I'll have so-and-so type it up and I'll send it out. So that really did happen, Iggy. Well, he, well Don Shula died two years ago. Otherwise, I could have called him and told him. Well, <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right, well, that, okay, let's answer a few questions. We'll get back to our show. Mikey Niner <laughs> says, Mr. Cohn, got your book sent to the UK. It's great. All the emotions are there, laughing, crying, thought-provoking, provo highly recommended. More writing, please. That is so sweet. Thank you. you. You made my day. You know, I haven't done any writing in two years. Uh, it's been a tough two years, and I, I, I hope I'll write again someday. But I don't My dad has a memoir finished. It's really good. It's he true. We it. have a memoir, but my publisher didn't want it because it's one thing to publish a memoir of Lowell Cohn as a sports columnist. It's another to write, you know, publish Lowell Cohn growing up in Brooklyn. So you should publish it yourself and make all keep all the money because everyone that bought this one would buy that. Okay. I'm just saying, anyway, my dad has a book. We have we all, all have to get him to publish it. It's done. It's freaking done. I've read it. It's phenomenal. So talk pressure him. Put social pressure on my dad to publish the book. I'll or, right. Don't yeah, do that. It's done. Um, oh, I also want to say Amin, uh, Amin, who just started high school, is reading your book. Loves it. Oh, thanks, Amin. Yes. Um, got a couple more. No, a few more. Little PayPal says Trey did do the one-on-one -on -one grant. Oh, he did? Okay, well, I'll take that back. I thought he didn't. My bad. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't. Petition to hire Grant Cohen as quarterback coach. Thanks. I like you. Oh, All right. Sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. I don't know why it was one theory. I have no idea why Peter King is so down on Trey. My bad. Sorry. Uh, the coach says to know that Peter King literally spent one day in person seeing Trey and dumped that hot take is lazy at best and unprofessional at worst. Shake my head. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's kind of how I feel. Yep. Do you think we trade Jimmy if Lance has a good first couple of weeks? Kyle's play calling has to change. Lance misses high a lot, but he offers more. Um, do you think we trade Jimmy if Lance has a good couple first? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't, I'm not sure that there's a trade market for Jimmy. I it's not like the Niners are choosing not to. Here's the thing. Yeah. A lot of things can change in the first two or three weeks. It's true. I think in the, um, comments that Kyle Shanahan made, he's open to trading him. That's true. So let's say Trey Lance wins, looks good. Someone gets hurt. Niners get an offer. They'd be open to it, depending on what the offer is. I'd say almost certainly. Um, also because they like the guy, the, the rookie, they like him a lot. Brock Purdy, yeah. David Hasselhoff said, Trey told Peter King to his face. He doesn't care what he says. I think Peter King didn't like that. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Don't know. Um, Bevito says probably something that should be brought up out of all the coaches in Niners history that have coached at least 60 games. Kyle has the worst record. Wow. Kyle's record is not a winning record. No, this is a big uh, year for him. Yeah. And, and again, Grant and I have said this. This is a big year for the team. It's a big year for Trey Lance, for sure. It's a big year for Shanahan. He has a loaded team. What can right. you do? Right. And, you know, he the reason he has such a bad record is he always uses the excuse, well, my quarterback. You know, the first year he was he had Brian Hoyer, and then he got Jimmy Garoppolo and won. The second year, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Nick Mullins was the quarterback in Bethard, and they lost. Uh, 2020, 
Jimmy got hurt and they have a better backup. This year you got Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. No excuses. No excuses win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wait a second. Mikey Niner says Clark Kent is back. Who will be Superman 19 again? Clark Kent is back. Is that Jimmy? I don't know. Niner Blue says nothing Niners related. I just heard your comments regarding your loss. Your, uh, you lost your spouse and mom Cohen uh, family. Sending prayers and support. God bless. Thank you. Thank you, Niner Blue 82. Could I get back to Clark Kent a minute? Yeah. Um, I my my mother was Eve, and her younger sister was Beverly. Beverly married my uncle, my uncle Bob Bob Bernstein. Bob Bernstein was. Was it Marvel Comics? Was that Superman, uh, sweetie? DC. DC. Okay. I don't remember, but he wrote Superman. I, he didn't invent Superman. I, I want to be clear. And he didn't draw. He wrote the comics, He wrote right? the dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, then they had uh, someone draw it. But my cousin Allison, we were very close. We were about the same age. They lived on Long Island, and which was a lot nicer than Brooklyn. And I used to go spend weekends there a lot. And he wrote in his um, attic. But it was finished. It was beautiful. And I would sometimes look at his typewriter and there would be dialogue. Jimmy and and uh, the guy who said, you know, Perry Smith or Perry whatever, who, who said the uh, Great Caesar's Ghost and Jimmy Olsen and, oh, yeah. and Clark Kent. And it mm -hmm. would be right there in his on his typewriter. And then a few months later, I'd see it in comic books. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. Huh. That's really cool. Yeah. And he admitted Aquaman. He, I think he invented Aquaman, yeah. Dominic Lerma says, does this drama remind you of Wentz Foles drama in Philly? Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Wentz was a high pick. Foles won the Super Bowl. That's the difference. They always felt like, you know, who should we go with? Foles won the Super Bowl. Jimmy didn't. So I guess that's more dramatic. All right, back to our show. Let's talk about Jimmy. We are talking about Jimmy today. Let's, we we, let's compare Jimmy Garoppolo to Debo Samuel. Oh, De Go ahead. This was actually the topic, uh, one that I came up with when we were talking. And it's something, it's not newsworthy, correct, particularly right now, it's over. But I've been thinking about this. And the older I've gotten, the more I concentrate on how people behave. So I'd like to make a, a, a Iggy and I were English majors, and you have to go through compare and contrast a lot of, a lot of stuff. So I'm going to compare and contrast Debo Samuel and Jimmy Garoppolo vis-a-vis what they did about their contracts and their jobs on the team. Debo Samuel, who's perhaps, well, on offense is the most valuable player, and he might be the most valuable player on the team, who certainly knew that the team wanted him. And he had, he had and has a glorious future on the team because he's so great. Mm -hmm. Acted like a juvenile when it came time to present himself about his contract. Yeah. He he actually demanded a trade. Yeah. Didn't he block the 49ers on Twitter or, or, or Instagram? He took or down the pictures of himself in 49ers gear. And this was all early in the process. Early. early. In the yeah. And in, in, in other words, he threw a fit. Like, like yeah. a juvenile, it's like when you're five or six years old, you, 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 you can't have your cookie because you didn't whatever and you throw a fit. He pulled a Veruca Salt. I went on KTVU and they asked me what's going on with Debo. This was probably in April. And I said, he wants his Oompa Loompa now. He wants his Oompa Loompa. He didn't want to wait. He knew he was going to get paid, but he didn't want to wait. No. And so he acted badly. Yeah. Now, I want to be very clear. 
I am not saying he's a bad person. I've never no. met him. No. I'm just talking about one episode and comparing it to one episode with Jimmy. I think Debo Samuel, who's a great player, and the 49ers desperately need him, and I love to watch him play. I think he acted very badly. I think he made himself look bad, and he made the team look bad. And he didn't have that much at stake. He knew that he was going to get pretty much what he wanted. He didn't gain anything from it either. It was all it unnecessary. Was, it was unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Unnecessary muddying of the water. Yes. And I don't know that you necessarily, that you really, that the relationship's ever the same. You can't undo this. It happened. That's right. You did it. Yeah, he did. Now it. you have Jimmy Garoppolo, who had a lot more at stake. Here he's being cast aside by a team right. that he had taken twice the championship game and once in the Super Bowl. So he has accomplishments in, in Santa Clara. Um, his tenure at the team was at stake and his tenure in the league was at stake mm -hmm. because he wasn't getting offers. Mm -hmm. We don't need to get into that. Why or why not? Or how good he is and all that. Just from his point of view, things were grim. And it, it had it been me, I'd be vomiting. I would. At the I, crossroads of his career. Yeah. Yeah. And he never complained. No. You never heard anything from him or, or, and his agent about, uh, I don't want to be a 49er. They're treating me bad. Nothing. He acted, I'm going to use certain words. He acted professionally. It's business. And he mm -hmm. acted like a gentleman. Mm -hmm. He didn't try to divide the locker room. And then a few days ago, people asked him, why didn't you demand to be released? Mm -hmm. and Which said, a lot of people thought he should do and were uh, would have been okay if he had done it. Exactly. And he said, and Iggy, you were there, I didn't want to leave on those terms. Right. He, in other words, he had a he's had a wonderful experience here. Yeah. He's shown grace and dignity, and he didn't want to louse it up because at least in this one instance, he acted like a gentleman with honor and dignity. And I don't feel in this instance, Debo matched him. And what my hope is, is not to shit on Debo. Debo learns from this modeling that Jimmy provided. Yes. You know, you know what Jimmy acted like? A hero. Oh yes. I love it. Yes, he did. He acted like a hero. And what he was saying, you know, I, I didn't want to go out like that. Yeah. It's with the organization, but it's also the fans. Like we're not fans. But fans look at players as, as heroes. Those are their heroes, yes. right? And Jimmy's a good hero. He smiles. He says the right things. You don't have to worry about him being a bad role model. And you can look up to him. Your kids can look up to him. Debo sort of was like, I don't want to be your hero. I don't want to be on the 49ers. And it's hard for the fans to look at him the same way anymore. And that stuff matters, I think. I'm not a fan, though. But you know what I want to say? I love the idea that you brought up the word hero. because heroism matters yes it's important to have heroes it's a gladiator sport it's a gladiator sport and you know one of the reasons that the iliad i mean it's a great poem but it has achilles yeah he's, he's one of the greatest heroes yes and and among the reasons the hebrew bible is again it's it's maybe the greatest book ever written there's moses right what a hero, hero. right but for a, for a 12 year old in 2022, most likely his hero is going to be Nick Bosa. You know what I mean? George Kittle. Yes. And, and all you got to do is give him a reason. Debo made it very difficult. 
Maybe still some people still look at him as their hero, but it's like, do you want to be on this team? Like, what was that? That's tough. I want to add that in the uh, New Testament, uh, Jesus Christ is also a hero. He's a hero. A hero. Yes. He suffers for mankind. Yes. He's a hero. Doesn't complain. And, and, and I, I, I yeah. kind of, I, I kind of come from a background of literature, and I love that, and I do agree. And Jimmy's heroism yeah. was not about being a football player. It was about being a man. Okay, I can get in trouble. Don't can't women be heroes of being course. an adult? Being an adult. Yes. Let me thank you so much. Um, it was about being an adult and modeling to both men and women how to to be an adult hero. Thanks, Iggy. Thanks for getting modeling me out of to there. everyone. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that, I, I think that's a good comparison. We're not trying to say that Debo has a character flaw. Remember, Jimmy is quite is a lot older than Debo, five years older than Debo. So maybe Debo would be like that in five years. I don't know. But if he thought about it, look, here's the thing. So Debo had a very bad start to the offseason, but then he came to minicamp. He pretty much, and I think he talked to Trent Williams, who's about my age, and Trent Williams was like, look, dude, you're a great player, but and you're smart and professional, but that's not the narrative out there right now. You're you're creating a narrative that you're unprofessional. So why don't you switch that up right now? Why don't you come to minicamp? And he did. So I, th I think he's figuring it out. But yeah, it was a bad start, the offseason. God love him. I mean, you know, all I'm saying is he needs to learn a little. And we all yeah. do. And so good for him. I, I, I want to say one other thing about Jimmy. He came from New England. True. And there must be some code of conduct, conduct there that's that's amazing. Good point. If, you, I, I, if Debo requested a trade out of New England, they'd probably trade you. Yeah. They might just trade you. You know, they don't play that. They don't want to smooth. It's like, you know, can you see Belichick? I'm going to smooth things over with Debo. We're friends. Like, no, we don't do that here. No. We don't do no. that here. Yeah. Project Max says, love to listen to you guys from someone who's lost a mother too soon. I feel your pain and I'll keep you both and your family in my prayers. Thank you, Project Max. Thank you. Appreciate it. Question for Lowell, True Boxing Kings. What's your favorite strain of marijuana when writing? That's silly. True okay, Boxing Kings. I want to, I want to say something. Yeah. Um, I've never been much of a marijuana guy. Um, obviously I grew up in the sixties. I don't like it. It doesn't agree with me that that's for starters, but I love to drink, uh, wine. Um, I'm, I love wine. I would never drink when I'm writing. It doesn't help. It doesn't make it easier. No, it may, it muddies, it, uh, it muddies your thought process. When I write, I, I might have coffee, not a lot, but I have to be as sharp and as quick as can be, so there can be no nothing that I would ever take. And that's what's why more, writing is the thrill. Writing is the drug. Right. Also, you often when you did write, it was like in the morning when you had all your energy. Absolutely, so, I would. Yeah. Um, if I wasn't going to a ballpark, my in my house that I'm in now that Iggy grew up in, my office is downstairs. And if I was writing that day from home and I wasn't going to a ball game. I would be so excited. I would run down the stairs to my office. That's how much I wanted to do it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Brandon F says, let's say, <laughs> hypothetical, let's say Trey gets injured before the playoffs and Jimmy wins it all. Is Trey gone? It would depend Is on like, a gone? lot. Of, yeah, it would depend on a lot of things. But if he'd been playing well, probably, probably not. I wouldn't imagine that uh, he'd be gone. But again, I understand these kind of questions. Yes. It's getting so way yeah. ahead of ourselves. Yes. You know, it's like my mother used to say, if your grandmother had testicles, she'd be your grandfather. How the hell do I know? They haven't played a quarter yet. Let's let them at least play the first game before we bench the quarterback. Can we take it one game at a time? 
Yeah, we really practice hard around here. I can tell you, <laughs> no one practices harder than we do. Niner by you know, don't be like that is so great to hear. Because my next question was, how hard are you practicing? Oh, good to know. They're all working hard. They're all trying, giving it their best effort. Doesn't matter if they win or not. Niner by Nature eighty eight says, sometimes I don't like your takes, but you are consistent, fair, and honesty. This donation is uh, for your journalistic integrity. Thank you very much. Thanks, Niner. Troy Moss says, how many games in will Jimmy play? Ask Peter King. Peter King knows exactly how many games it's going to be before. Yeah, that's it. We refer you to Peter King. Yeah, he's he's got some inside information. Mateo Hodo says, maybe King knows Trey is getting last year's Jimmy treatment. If Trey starts three and four, then they'll consider switching to Jimmy like last year. You really think John Lynch is whispering or Kyle Shannon is whispering to Peter King? Week seven. We're gonna bench him week seven if he signs. <laughs> like that, that's coming from the Niners. I can't imagine. No, it just, I mean, even... he, he had an epiphany. I, I, that's what I think. He had an epiphany. Jimmy Garoppolo to the Giants? Question mark. Bosa, Kittle, Debo, uh, fullback two. What? Well, I don't understand. You want to trade all the players to the Giants? <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, let's talk about quarterback footwork. Oh, this is in your wheelhouse. Okay, so. You know, if Bill Walsh were alive and he were looking at Trey Lance or coaching Trey Lance, I think he'd be totally focused on his footwork. I think you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was one of Bill's big contributions to quarterback coaching. A lot of people were focused on the arm and he was like, it's all about their feet. Yep. You, you need to be focused on their feet. And when he what made Joe Montana, he had the greatest footwork of all time. I think from it was perfect. He was light in his feet. All of his steps were like he was a dancer, like a ballerino. And, it, and while Steve Young was a better athlete, he didn't have footwork like Joe. Anyway, so we've been focused. I've been talking about Trey Lance's footwork recently. I'm going to show some of his footwork in a minute. Um, all of a sudden, the Niners are doing all kind of footwork drills. And I think it's just terrific that they're on the, the same page as, as us. Well, it's you. Iggy, do you think they watch your uh, quality control sessions? Yeah, of course. I mean, I have all the answers, and I'm just trying to help. I, I just want to help. And it didn't seem like they were getting to it quick enough. So now they're there. We're doing it yeah, together. So it seems to me, you say you got to work on this and the footwork. And, that, and all of a sudden, it, like, it, don't extend your leg too soon. And they're working on that. Iggy, I think they ought to give you a hurrah. I'd, I'll take a hurrah and a, and a pat in the back. Pat let, in back. You don't want any money. Pat in the back. Let's take a look at two of the drills that they've been doing recently. To okay. work on my glasses. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay, here we go. So this one, you start off facing the other direction. Let me see if we can get it like this. Well, actually, this is better. And you pat your feet. And you pat. find there's, there's three guys. There's three targets. You have to find which one to throw to, step and throw. So this is all about keeping your feet alive and stepping in the right direction toward your target. I think Bill would really like this drill. I would say yes, indeed. It's very creative. So now we are going to show it from the other angle. And I want to just stop it, uh, Trey Lance mid-motion to show you what he needs to work on. So I uh, talked about bent leg to bent leg. Look at his, his back leg. That's good. Now he's transferring his weight. Notice, let's back it up just a second, what it looks like. This is good. His front leg is bent, and he's going to throw the ball accurately right here. Okay? I love it. Now watch this one. This looks different. See it's, that? Already too, it's straight too soon. It's straight. And now look at his, his, where his hand is. His hand's behind his head. So yeah. to what he has to do with this, he has to basically accelerate his arm. He has to 
make up for it with his arm, which is going to lead to arm fatigue. You understand? And and he's going to miss this throw high. Watch this. See that? Yes. Just a little high. So that's what he has to fix. And he, do, he does it right most of the time. A little bit better. Yes, the hand was extended. I could yeah, a little it. bit better. And so this is what they need to this is what they need to drill. That's better. That's a lot better. And then he threw it accurately. So then they do this drill, which kills me because what this is, you have these like pads underneath underneath his legs, and it it's like extending his base when you want to tighten it up. So now watch him. He shuffles back and forth. Now he goes to throw. Look at how far. Well, do take it back just a second. Look at how far his apart his legs are and again his leg is extended so they're drilling the wrong thing right here so you would eliminate that drill and you think would, bill would eliminate it i would i mean maybe it's good for other quarterbacks but for trey what you're trying to do is make him don't overstride don't lock your leg out and this he's doing it in this drill consistently so eliminate this drill for him anyway i thought that was kind of interesting let's keep watching and I'll, I'll, I'll pause it when he throws and you can see what i'm talking about What'd He's you just thinking that one. I, I, it's not. I just feel like his legs are too far apart, and they need to be drilling him to keep his legs closer together. I love. He's it. overextending. Now watch Jimmy. First thing, okay, Jimmy. Here's why I noticed with Jimmy. Jimmy's feet are so slow. They're heavy, and then yes. he doesn't transfer his weight. He throws off his back foot. Yes, watch he does. Again. I yeah. see that. Really slow feet. He throws off his back foot. One more time. Oh, those of his back foot. So he has footwork issues too. Now watch Brock Purdy. This is the rookie seventh round pick, Mr. Irrelevant. Much quicker feet than, than Jimmy. And then watch this. Hold on. I, I missed it. Just a second. I keep Hold on. I'm going to get it. That's really good. See that? Yeah. That's what it should look like. He transfers his weight. His front knee is bent. He's his he's on top of the football. His his arm isn't dragging. Now I'm not sure that he has the talent to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he has good throwing mechanics, so he can do it. Jimmy can't do it. Trey's learning how to do it, and I don't know if Greasy can coach it, but this is what it should look like. And we're trying to help. Interesting, Brock. Hey, good job, Brock. That's what it should look like. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm lining here. I'm lining. Yep. Anyway, that's the whole thing. So Brian, if you're watching, I'm just trying to help. No charge. <laughs> Have you no ever target. met Brian one-on-one? -on -one? Yes, he doesn't like me. He doesn't? I asked him. They, they bring the quarterback coaches out. I mean, the, the position coaches out once a year um, during training camp. Uh, you know, It's always like, so what do you think of this guy? What do you think of that? I said, uh, Brian, what's your? how do you assess Trey Lance You know, a couple weeks into his first training camp as a starting quarterback? And he, he looks at me, he goes, how do I assess him? I said, yeah, how is he doing? And he said, oh, how is he doing? Okay. And like made a, he's very snarky about it. I was like, I mean, I have written a lot of tweets saying that I didn't think he was a good hire. Maybe he was upset about that. Fair enough. But he was like, how do I assess him? Like, yes, that's exactly, that's the word I used. Yes. I so, think if you ask me that, I could have answered that question. It's, it's probably the biggest softball question you could give a coach. I'm not saying how come you don't know how to coach footwork. It's not like that kind of question. It's like, hey, what are your thoughts on your starting quarterback? What are my thoughts? What do I think? What do I think of Trey? And then, are you, and then he'll be like, oh, he's really mature. He, hard, he works hard. Great. 
I don't want to hear that he works. I know he works hard. Give me something. And he won't, which makes me feel like, what are you, like, what is your expertise here? I don't know, but he did. He can throw a football. He was a very good quarterback. And his dad was Bob Greasy. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's doing a good job. Okay. And plus he can always talk to his father. To or me. The- <laughs> Lawless Light says we need Jimmy Ward back ASAP. People are underestimating this loss. You got... Uh, a timeline, bro. BTW, we're looking to run the damn ball. Trey is in good hands. Uh, could be four weeks. Could be six weeks. It's serious. What happened to Jimmy? Jimmy Ward? He really hurt his hamstring. I think he tore it. I think it's like a, a grade three hamstring injury. He's missing the first four weeks at least. Ooh, Big deal. Dude. He's 31. He's my favorite player on the team. Yeah, he's my favorite football player of all time. Yeah, I hope it, last year when they didn't have Jimmy Ward and Jaquaski Tart for one game, they lost to Colt McCoy at home. Colt McCoy, the backup for the for the cart. Now that now Tart's gone, they don't seem to want him. Not sure why. And Ward's going to miss some time. So still a really good defense, but uh, that's the the one spot they got to work on. Well, Jimmy, if you're watching, um, Godspeed. I hope you get well soon because you're a good guy and the team needs you. Agree. All right. Well, that's we we just did a 50 minute show with four topics. I think that was a good one. I had a good time. I had a good time, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm going to see you tonight. Glad I'm going to see you, too. Real quick, the show is sponsored by 49ersQCMerch.com. If you want this hat or ones like it, you can go to 49ersQCMerch.com, 10% off CPH1 promo code. Just wanted to throw that out there in case you didn't know. Thanks for watching the show. Dad, I love you. I love you, Iggy, and um, I'll call you in a minute. All right. See you, everyone.